0: Welcome in, Amanda Valentine, not in the garage. She's actually probably one of the first people to actually see inside my bedroom because the way we're recording, I can see her and she can see me and even my new my new bed. I'm I'm moving Ooh, the, nice. I'm moving my computer so she can see. I know everyone listening can't it's see but nice she can and
1: see. bright in that bedroom.
0: You know, Good and I, window would, light. I would have tried to uh, dampen that some for you, but the shade is completely down. That's that's what it looks like when the sun is beating in our bedroom in the afternoon with the shade closed. Like it's closed all the way.
1: You should be real classy, put some foil up in that window.
0: Yeah, well
1: <laughs>
0: Oh, <laughs> you know what? Like I don't know if I should talk about this or not, but so I was on a trial last week, and
1: a trial. Oh, were yeah. a juror? Uh
0: huh. Cool.
1: Was it like a murder trial?
0: Uh, no. I don't want to say too much because no. he's he's okay. not going to see the outside for a while, and that okay. you know one of those kind. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the short of it is he had foil all over the inside of his room. So yeah, mm. immediately took me right right back to seeing those pictures from the trial. <laughs>
1: Well, two things. One, I was on a a trial once for a week. And um, this is when I lived in New York. And the dude, it was a drug deal that went bad. And dude got shot six times and lived. Wow. And yeah, and it was so sketch because like they, when they were doing like juror selection, they were asking us questions. And they're like, for me, I was doing a morning show at the time. They're like, what is, what's your job? And I'm like, "Uh, I work in media. And they're like, what? what?" And I'm like, radio, what station? I'm like, 98 PXY. What time? I'm like, let's just let his whole family know where they can find me if we like convict him. What
0: (laughs) What Uh are you doing? Which is why I wasn't saying a whole lot to begin with, but I guess, what do I care? If he's going to find me, he's going (laughs) to find me.
1: But it was amazing though, because it was over weed of all things. And so they, they, these dudes up on the, uh, the stand and they're just kind of like, um, can you can you tell me, you know, the, the, at the time you you had two marijuana cigarettes on you? And he's like, Yeah. And they're like, Can you tell me what this is? And they handed him the Ziploc bag and he smelled it and he just cocked his head back and he goes, That's weed. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my God. I laughed out loud and I was the only juror that laughed out loud. I'm like, oh,
0: Well, and they so tell you that, that you, can, you can talk about the details of the trial after the fact if you want to. And it's always a slippery slope, or at least I feel like it is, because kind of like you mentioned, you don't know if someone's family is going to come after you, which yeah. they'd have to be pretty brave and pretty bold to do that, which I'm sure that's probably happened before. But uh, what's funny if that you brought up weed is that the guy that was on trial actually tried to say that at one point that he was driving back into town to go to the weed store and it was just so weird hearing that even though it's been legal for a while it's still weird for me to hear that so he was like yeah I was gonna go back into town to get some pot because the pot at our house wasn't that good but then I was halfway (laughs) there and realized I didn't have any money so I had to turn around and go home and I don't know if I should be laughing about it or not but I just I I was trying so I, I didn't laugh when I was in the jury box but I really wanted to and I just it was just weird hearing it
1: yeah that's awesome. So, but a second point I was going to bring up with the foil in the windows. And this is a point that I've been talking, I brought up to my husband, Mike. I'm like, how, how is it that there, if you, you, when you go into like a bad neighborhood, I don't want to say bad neighborhood, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you see the houses or the apartments where they have the mini blinds that are all broke ass. I'm like, how does it even happen? Like, <laughs> I've lived in plenty of apartments. You know exactly. what I'm telling you, they're all broken, and then they, or they got and they're just smashed up against the window. I'm like, how do you even do that? Like, just take them down at that point, and I don't know, just throw a sheet over it or something. And I'm like, but. I just don't understand. And it's like, you don't ever see like any like mansions with broke ass mini blinds in the window.
0: Yeah. I don't know what it is about it. I don't know if it's someone's (laughs) dog because Ashley had a dog tear up her mini blinds at one point, just a crazy ass dog that like jumped up on the counter and chewed up the mini blinds. So I don't know if it's somebody's wild ass dog or if it's their wild ass kids or what it is. Could be a combination of both.
1: I just think then just like pull them up then and put some, I mean, you don't even need to buy curtains, like just pin a sheet up and like, don't have your blinds, di- your broke ass blinds hanging around. I don't know. That's just my opinion. <laughs> but now that like, I brought that up, like every time we see a uh, Mike is like, oh, there's a mini blinds are all broken. I'm like, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> well, and window coverings aren't like super affordable or anything, which yeah,
1: so I'm saying just pin up a, a towel, I know, a but I, towel I don't think people
0: a... think that way. I think that they think. Matter of fact, we have one broadcast blind right now. It doesn't look bad from the outside. It still works. It goes up and down, but it's just kind of janky. But we haven't replaced it yet. Those things are expensive. Oh,
1: they are expensive. And I
0: guess I could... Well, how
1: did it get broken? Just your kids?
0: No, I think it it was probably... Apparently, it was broken when we moved in, but it wasn't that bad. We have the blinds that you can push back up. So you pull them down, then push them back up. There isn't a string. And so there's a string in there that just came disconnected and then once it goes all the way back up in there it's just hard to get it reconnected and i'm not macgyver so yeah it could probably yeah, like be fixed 20-
1: but... but we're living in 2020 there's no way to better engineer these damn blinds
0: oh and rv blinds you are the mean? worst i have broke ass rv blinds too now that i think about it i think they oh, right on i think they duct tape <laughs> part of it. i looked up i was laying in bed one night in the rv i look up i'm like There's duct tape on the top of the mini blinds in the gently used Winnebago. How ghetto is that? It up. I like how we just <laughs> went off on a mini blind slash juror tangent for a couple of minutes <laughs> yeah. as we start with the podcast, but you have a lot going on. You uh, recently stepped away from radio a couple of months ago, and we've been trying to get connected for a while. If you're listening to this podcast and you have no idea who Amanda Valentine is, she was my uh, morning show partner at Q100.3 about what, five and a half years ago-ish?
1: Yeah, I was there at the beginning. I moved there February 2013 um, up until December of 2014, so it was less than two years.
0: Yeah, and so we had...
1: Which isn't that crazy? It does not yeah. seem like it. Like We only did mornings together for a year, and it seems like we did it a lot longer than that because I did mornings with Dan yeah. for a year before we did mornings together.
0: Yeah, and it seemed like it just flew right by, the, the time that we spent together, and you were off to Cincinnati and uh, had a lot of success there in radio and then started doing the podcast thing and that took off and it's just been awesome for you.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I do, um, my podcast is called pound this and it's health and fitness related weight loss rated. I, I do five episodes a week, which is really masochistic. And I've been doing five episodes a week for, oh my God, oh geez, a year and a half now. And I've been doing the, the podcast, for, um, over two years now. And so I, I left my radio job when my contract was up, I made the choice to leave, which a lot of radio people can't say that, I, I, I you know, wasn't fired, <laughs> which I have been a couple times. Um, just not to, this time, just not this time. Um, that I, I left to do the podcast and, um, I, uh, I came out with a, a cookbook, um, in January and I have, um, a line of spices. I've teamed up with the local company here to do spices and coffee. And then I, um, I was going to do a trip, but it got canceled because of coronavirus. I was supposed to do like a retreat in Utah next month, and that just got canceled this morning. And then also to become a personal trainer, which also got canceled because all the gyms are closed.
0: (laughs) So let's back up a little bit. I'm sure you've told the story a million times, but for the people listening to this podcast, they may not be familiar with the journey that you've been on over the past. How many years has it been since you started the whole weight loss?
1: Um, It's been just over eight years now. So I've been obese like my whole life. like I can't remember. I just say six because I think that's when I was first really conscious of it. Um, So I was always just like the big girl. I coined myself the fat, funny friend. Like I was just, you know, I was wearing like adult clothes as a kid. And so um, I always struggled with my weight and with body image and um, that I didn't really do my first for real Z diet uh, until my early 20s. I did. Um, then I just did a decade of yo-yo dieting where I would lose 60 pounds and then gain it back and lose 40 and gain it back, et cetera. And did Weight Watchers a couple times in South beach. And I did like all in every sort of fad diet and, um, with success and then loss. And, um, for me, it got to a point before I moved to, um, cause I live in Ashland. So before I moved there, I was in Denver and, um, I got fired from a radio job, which was a blessing because that job sucked. And then um, I was just binge eating every day. I mean, like now that I've done this podcast and talked to so many experts that I know it's like legit, I have an eating disorder, which is crazy to say out loud. And that it's, uh, you know, I have like, for you know, binge eating disorder. And so I was binging every single night, like eating to the point of pain, hitting multiple drive-throughs, ordering multiple large pizzas for myself while Mike, my husband, wasn't home and then I would hide all the trash. My hiding spot was underneath the kitchen sink because I was too lazy to take it out to the dumpster at our apartment. And um I was living in Denver and I wasn't going outside. I was binge drinking with my friends and then binge eating in private. And I'm like, this sucks. Like this isn't me. Like I don't feel like I felt like I was just trapped in my body. Like I just couldn't have fun. I just avoided it. I never wanted my picture taken. I'm like, this sucks. This is not how I want to live my life. Like this is, this is not who I want to be. And so I made the decision, um, to make a new year's resolution. And it was with my morning show at the time, uh, that we all did like a 90 day resolution. We did three things and we put them in an envelope that we wanted to do, and accomplish in the first 90 days to so kind of do the small step sort of thing is think about instead of thinking of it as a, a long-term full year. And I don't remember what the third one was, but two of them was to floss every day. And the other one was to I wanted to lose 15 pounds in the in three months. And I just kind of went out with the mantra of I'm just going to make the best decision possible in every moment because um, dieting sucked for me and it never worked. And I'm like, I'm not going to diet again because it doesn't work. Because um, I will restrict myself so much, and then I'll just go into month-long binges afterwards because I didn't eat any carbs. <laughs> so um, it just kind of started working for me, and I, you know, made decisions where, like, if I went to a baseball game, got a beer and a hot dog, and I didn't hate myself over it. And I'm like, this is the best decision in the moment. I'm not going to come to a ball game and order vegetables, <laughs> and so just kind of. Retraining my mindset, and I just started working, and um, I felt good that I was accomplishing it by myself. And I started walking a lot, listening to a lot of podcasts. Um, my favorite podcast I listened to then I still listen to now, and I lost a lot of weight just walking, listening to podcast. And I started running, and um, I did that a year. So that was New Year's of um, 2011 into 2012, and then so I moved to medford ashland in february the next year and i think i was already down like 60 or 70 pounds by the time like i met you Mm -hmm. um and then whenever i was in you know in, in ashland that i would get off the air and i would go home and eat lunch and i'd either go for a run or i'd just go hiking all day um and i was a pct volunteer when i was there so i just spent so much time. Outside, walking and running, and um, that's and then just keeps going from there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and then you got to the hundred pound mark, and then you just kept on going.
1: Yeah, and so it's it's you know there's still some like fluctuations now, especially which is stress. Like uh, the stress of choosing to leave a 20 year radio career is pretty stressful, and I was you know that. That you know takes a toll on you, and now just being in the middle of coronavirus stuff. So I'm in the middle of going through a huge life transition, and now it's like you have the coronavirus stuff, and it's just like you know trying to really learn because um, you never know when life throws you curveballs. This is a huge throw, throw curveball to the entire world, but it's like you have to have in place how you're going to plan and prepare. Those things, and for me, you know, eating and and help being healthy is such a it's ch- completely changed my life, like completely in every sort of way, changed my life. Like I feel like I found more career sex, more career sex, <laughs> more career success, <laughs> just because I felt more confident and I just feel more like myself through this. So it's not just about like you know, hey, I look better in a pair of jeans or whatever. Um, but it's because I've learned so many tools and especially like recording my podcast of. You know, helping get through hard times, um, which is why I started the podcast. Of like, here is the struggles that I have been through and I continue to go through, and here I have doctors and dietitians and, um, you know, uh, mental health professionals and just anybody that is health and wellness and weight loss, giving the best advice for free, and it's no sales pitch. It's just like genuinely good advice because it's like the process sucks, and especially when you hit really hard times where. And I've been doing a lot of podcasts, you know, just through the coronavirus of just like people have reached out to me like, I can't control binge eating and I can't control emotional eating and I'm super stressed. And, you know, we doomsday shopped and we got, you know, the whole house is packed with all this food and now I just like cannot stop eating it mm-hmm. and trying to get, you know, experts that I know to speak to that of here's how you can get help, um, you know, just by some advice on the podcast or here's a website to to reach out to because... Um, yeah, there's, there's so much that we're all worried about right now, but that's one of the things too, is if you've been on a wellness journey and you feel like you've got some success, you don't want this to completely, it's already derailing every other aspect of your life. It's scary to think that's going to derail that too. And you're just going to completely be set back to zero on everything. So, um, I'm, I'm really glad that, that I, I, I started this podcast and I'm kind of, you know, pursuing this sort of career choice. Cause I feel like that's, it's really helping people in my own way that I can help right now. Cause I feel like all of us just feel like we want to, other than the, you know, douchebags that are selling hand sanitizer for like a hundred bucks a bottle. Like, it feels like there's a lot of people that just genuinely want to be like, how can I help you? Like, you yeah. know, that feels like it's almost, we're being disconnected, but more connected in the same t- you know, space, which is kind of weird.
0: Well, and it's almost like you can draw the parallels between what you learned, I think through your podcast and correct me with if I'm wrong, but you talked about why you wanted to start it. But as you get into it, you start to discover other people who've dealt with similar type situations. And just one thing you say can actually spark them to start on their own journey, a similar journey that you went on yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so that ends up growing into a bigger thing when more people start to get on board and and feel good about it and when they just talk about it. And I think that, you know, leads back to what you're talking about of us being disconnected, but also connected. Like the more we tend to talk about things, I think the better people feel because they understand they're not the only one in the situation, whether it's a binge eating situation or bulimic situation or a coronavirus situation or a job situation or uh, anxiety, whatever that is, when people talk about it and hear someone else talk about it, it can be very therapeutic.
1: Yeah. Because I mean, a lot of this stuff, is that it, there's a lot of shame attached to it. And, you know, I can speak, I mean, I never even talked about my binge eating until I started this podcast. Like I didn't, you know, it's not like I, like me and you chatted about it or anything like that. You know what I mean? I'm not just like bringing this up in regular conversations, although I do now, but it's, it feels shameful. You're like, what's, what's wrong with me? How come I can't figure this out? Like, oh, I'm such a turd because I keep failing at this. And so you just hold it inside and just kind of let it eat away at you, but to be in a space where it's like, oh, somebody else is saying this out loud. Of like, now I can put a, a label to it. Like now I understand what it is, and I'm not the only one doing it. And oh, maybe I should talk about this. Like maybe this is something that you know. It's just could be you know just relieving to talk to your parents or your spouse or your best friend about because it you you've opened the door that it's okay to have the conversation. And I just think that's that's huge for a lot of people. And you just never know, you know, in a podcast, just like in radio, you never know who's listening. Mm -hmm. You're just kind of speaking into a microphone in your empty little room. And it's like, you never know who it's touching and how it's touching them. And I don't know, it's just really exciting when you do get the feedback, when people do take the time to write you and tell you how it impacted them or just that they just like you being a part of their day um, you know, which is, you know, what's great about being in radio too, whenever you can do really great things like you guys do for St. Jude and you can just know that like you're using your voice to make an impact and make a difference, not only for the kids at St. Jude, but just for the your own community. And you can just show that like, there's so much good in people. Like it's, it's a, it's a really powerful place to be in.
0: Yeah. Well, and I like what you've said. I've heard you say it numerous times. And I think you mentioned it a few minutes ago about making the best decision in that moment. Because Mm -hmm. it's easy for people to look at any situation, whether it's a a weight loss goal that they're trying to get to or something in their career, whatever that is, they see that something at the end that they want, whether it's losing a hundred pounds or losing twenty pounds, or that job that they've always wanted, and they think they have to do all this right now to figure out how to get there. But If you just make that one right decision in every single moment or try and make a better decision, that's what I've been telling myself lately. Try and make a better decision every single time or as many times as I possibly can. It's not always going to be a great decision, but if I decide to go with a salad instead of French fries, just one time, that's one more time that I didn't eat the French fries and over a long period of time, like you experienced, all of a sudden... Well, there's five pounds, there's 10 pounds, or you're one step closer to that job you've always wanted. And it has a huge impact over a long period of time, but it's just so intimidating for a lot of people. They almost talk themselves out of it before they even get started.
1: Yeah. And I, I, that's a good mindset point too, is that I've talked to so many people about if you go into, and I mean, specifically speaking of health and weight loss, but again, this goes to any sort of aspect of life. If you go in being like, Oh, I've done this before and I suck at it and I'm going to fail again. Like, well, of course you are. You're telling yourself you are Mm -hmm. like, you're not even have any hope for yourself. Like your mindset going into it is setting yourself up for failure. Like listen to yourself and like you're bullying yourself, telling yourself that you suck at it. Yeah. You're not you're not going to do it. So it's like, again, just you have to just change your mindset and be like, yeah, and maybe I'm not going to get there right away. But I'm going to baby step there. I'm going to do my best. And another quote I really like is a Maya Angelou quote, where she said, you know, now that I know better, I do better. That, you know, that in every moment, like, we're just all trying to figure it out day to day. And yeah, you probably did some jacked up stuff in the past and stuff that you might regret, and you didn't do your best. But it's like, but now that you know better, you can do better. Like you're a different version of yourself now. And if you've tried doing this step before and you failed, well, now you know better. Or if you put your foot in your mouth or you said something, it's like, well, that was the what you did in that moment. And now you knew better and now you can do it better moving forward. And I think that's really helpful to think about too of, you know, you're just, you just learn from mistakes.
0: Yeah. And it's never too late to do better you know, in yeah. whatever situation mm-hmm. it is. I had someone tell me that recently and we had a pretty good conversation about, you know, some things that had happened in the past. And and this person basically said, you know, I, I was not a good person. You know, like I did a lot of things I probably shouldn't have done. I didn't care anyone else. All I cared about was money. And then there was something that clicked. And then all of a sudden that person just decided, I'm going to set all that over here I'm not going to forget about it, but from here moving forward, I'm going to try and do better. I'm going to try and do more for other people, and really it has completely changed their life.
1: Man, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so speaking of the coronavirus, uh, how are things mm-hmm. going there in Cincinnati where you are?
1: Um, it's interesting. Like it's funny like right before we hopped on here, <laughs> like somebody rang the doorbell. Yeah. And Mike went downstairs and he answered it and he came back up and he's like, I'm like, what was that? And he goes, that was a dude selling meat out of the back of his pickup truck. I wanted to know if we wanted to buy any meat.
0: I mean, buying <laughs> well, These meat are the times we live in. <laughs> out of the back of a pickup truck, to me, yeah. is strange enough on a regular day, let alone <laughs> during coronavirus pandemic. Because then you really don't know where that person's been, where the meat oh, came yeah. from. All of the above. Mm -hmm. Everything about that screams a giant no from me.
1: I know, but it's like, man, this is like the post apocalyptic times that we're in that some dude has to sell me. It was because a lot of the stores, which, um, you know, the, so Cincinnati is the headquarters for Kroger, um, which is also Fred Meyer. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, they were, a lot of them are ransacked here. It just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of neighborhood to neighborhood. Like the, the Kroger that's in my neighborhood, I live in a part of Cincinnati that's not like the affluent part of Cincinnati. Um, and the affluent, like the big, like mega Kroger's, like those are just decimated, but mine like had fully stocked produce when I went and the other ones don't have produce. So it's like, it's almost like the, what section of the city you're in and where you go is also kind of dependent on what you can find. Um, Although I haven't seen any toilet paper at all anywhere, um, so which is just it's,
0: crazy. This has been talked about so much, but I don't understand why people are hoarding the toilet paper. But I don't think I mean I get it. Really it's like
1: you're worried that I mean that you're gonna
0: have poop be on stuck your stuck at home
1: and you're gonna poop. But it's like God, just hot in the shower of worst yeah. case scenario. Like it's not like again like everything's getting shut down. It's not like there a bomb went off and we don't have electricity or running water or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, But I mean, I was lucky enough that I just happened to need toilet paper when stuff started really going down. And I was just at the store anyway to get it. And there was still toilet paper there. And I'm like, well, God, I'm glad I did because I can't find any now. Um, But here, because in Ohio, um, we, so we were the first state that was uh, to shut down all the schools. And I know like a friend of mine lives in New York and she said it was like, from like district to district choice. I don't know what it is in Oregon. Did they shut down the whole state or did they leave it up to the districts to choose to close?
0: No, they shut down the whole state.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what they did here. They shut down all the schools and where where we're at now, at least in this moment, because it changes every five minutes is that the, so the schools are shut down, bars, restaurants closed. They just closed down yesterday, like nail salons, salons, tattoo shops, um, and then, you know, like for here, other than going to the grocery stores, it's like business as usual. Like I, I haven't noticed any difference in traffic patterns when I have gone out. Like it just, it doesn't seem, it seems kind of the same. I mean, I, I just feel so bad because there's so many amazing local businesses here that are mean, or j- there's like a ton of breweries here and they are just getting jacked because, there's a brewery next to my house that we were actually a Kickstarter for because we're like, hell yeah, put a brewery right next to our house. And they were like, listen, we don't make that much money. We make all of our money in March because of March Madness and St. Patrick's Day. And that was taken away from us. And we bank on March to float us the rest of the year. Wow. They make that much in March, huh? Yeah. And so they're like, we don't know what we're going to do. So they have been they're like, okay, they just started selling their beers in cans, luckily. So they're like, okay, we're going to be open for like two hours a day and you can still come by and we can sell growlers and we can sell cans of beer. So like, I know Mike just went there um, like an hour ago to be like, well, I want to support them. You know, and I'm like, please don't go out of business. Like mm-hmm. um, just whatever ways that we can do that. Um, and especially with the, the community that I'm involved with, with my podcast is A ton of small business owners, and I just, um, just to see like where they're like, I don't know. Depending on how long this goes, I don't know if I can get on the other side of this. And I'm like, it's it's just so heartbreaking to to see how that it's impacting all of these amazing businesses.
0: Yeah, and you know they talk about how small America or small businesses are the backbone of America, and you really see that when something like this happens, and everything just gets you know, it comes to a screeching halt and and we're seeing it here already. And you know, businesses that are very successful, but when you put the stop sign up and people can't come in anymore and you still have your mortgage payment or your lease, Mm -hmm. you know, we have stores or friends that have, you know, six, seven locations, and it seems like it's a huge business. They're making a ton of money, but the reality is They're not making a ton of money. They're making a good living for themselves. More importantly, they're employing a lot of people. But when you have seven leases that come due at the end of the month and you haven't had many people coming through your doors, uh, that's when it piles up that debt. You know, it piles up in a hurry and people just can't do it.
1: Yeah. That's, I just hope, I mean, because none of us know like this, this doesn't last. As long. I mean, I keep, you know, you never know what to trust and what not to because nobody really knows where, you know, there's some of these articles say that this could be going on for 18 months. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, that is just going to just wreck everything.
0: Let me ask you a question. I haven't really had a chance to talk to many people about this. I did text one of our guys at work on our news talk station and just asked him what his thoughts were. And he really didn't have much to say back. But my father in law down in Reading went to, Uh, or called his financial advisor and was talking about retirement because he was originally supposed to retire this summer. And so they were talking about strategy and obviously the stock market took a huge hit. So his 401k took a huge hit and just that whole situation of how he was going to deal with that. But the interesting thing that his financial advisor said, and I hadn't really thought about this a whole lot, but as far as like what happens, or or do you think, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think at any point, Or at some point that Americans are just going to say screw it, like we're going for it. Like let's just say that they say okay, what do you mean? You're all going to be, uh, you know, you're all going to have to stay home. Let's say, let's say they tell us that, and that could happen. I mean, shoot, it might be happening as we're doing this podcast. We don't know because things are happening so quickly. (laughs) But let's just say, for the sake of this conversation, that they tell everyone you have got to stay home and you cannot leave your house. Okay, that's fine. Everybody stays at home for a little while. And a week goes by. And 2 weeks goes by. And 3 weeks goes by. Do you think we could see the American public saying, "Screw it, we're going back to work. We're going to just go for it and risk it like the like the payoff is worth more than what we could potentially lose?"
1: Um, that's a really good question, and it's funny because in kind of a different way, like um my husband when Mike was bringing up that he, he's just kind of like, I'm his thought process on this is like, I'm wondering, cause we have just like, we we're just saying nuggets of news, like just spread out to freak us out every single day. He's like, well, what happens when stuff you, that news just kind of dies down? And he's like, then do people are just kind of like, whatever, I'm just going to go back to normal. I'm bored with this now.
0: Exactly. Of
1: like, is do we just give up then? You know what I mean? Of Is, is it just kind of like, eh, this isn't sensational anymore this is just sucks. So whatever, guys. And I mean, I could totally see that happening, especially for smaller businesses. Like if you think of like, just like a salon or something of like, screw this. I'm going to just start seeing some clients here and there. Like what Mm -hmm. are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, I could see that happening after a while, or even in a worst case scenario, I could see people, you know, grabbing some guns and be like, stop me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like then, where then it's going to get nasty? Like it has an opportunity for, to get nasty.
0: <laughs> well, and I would like to think that most people, and I know there's crazies out there because we've seen the crazies in normal times, right? But yeah. I would like to think that most people know that enough people are armed that if you decided to do that right now, you're probably not going to last very long. At least oh, not, no, not in are. this part of the country. Like if you were to do that here and I say here as in grants pass, if there was someone to try and do something like that here, someone would stop them probably in pretty short order. I, I would, I would yeah. hope, you know, that something like yeah. that would happen.
1: Yeah. I don't think that at this point in time it wouldn't, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're in this lockdown for three months and people start getting itchy, Yeah, you know, just think about like you got cabin fever where you start going nuts and you start, you know, then, I mean, do we have to worry about things? I mean, God, we're going to such a doomsday down a hole here. But it's like, you know, looting and everything else. Like, at what point does people stop following the rules? Because people don't follow the rules now. And now they're, like, letting prisoners out and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's like, oh, you're those definitely not rule followers. <laughs> so yeah. it's like it, it just could just be a total recipe. It has a possibility for a recipe for disaster. Or it could just blow over. Or it could just, you know, create, you know, new possibilities and we could come out on the other side w- with a whole lot of knowledge on how, how better ways to do things. And that's kind of how I've been choosing to view a lot of it. It's like, well, how can this change? It's and No matter what, there's no going back to where we were before. Like, There's just no way where all of these companies that can see how people can operate working from home and who is necessary and who's not, like just that alone is going to shift a lot of things in just how people operate and behave. So it's like, how is that going to work out for the better for a lot of us? Or is it gonna be bad? Or like a conversation, I just recorded a podcast yesterday with two doctors. One is um, a psychiatrist and the other one is a physical therapist. And they were happy that they're like, this opens the door for telehealth because there's so many rules and regulations against telehealth and that they, they re- relax those now so people can get care online. And they're like, well, thank God, because there's so many people that live in remote areas of the country that don't have access to therapists. But if they could hop online on, on just like we're doing where we can see each other on video and chat, like more people have access to mental health, more people can not clog up the, the hospital systems because they're like, hey, this Hey, jump on a call with your doctor or with a nurse and be like, "This is what my foot looks like. Do I need to come in?" Um, And so I'm like, "That." I mean, yeah, like that's what a great possibility that ha- can can open up. So it's, I think it's at least in this moment where things are scary. Like at least I feel like that's a bright spot to kind of look forward to.
0: Well, and I think you're only scratching the surface because if you really want to think about it, and, and I know just earlier my wife was working on. Um, you know, math and reading out at the kitchen table and actually brought a smile to, to my face. I was sitting in here in my bedroom. I've got two laptops open. I've got, you know, the news and the timeline open over here. And on the other side, I have my email and trying to take care of work stuff on the other side. But, you know, what about school? You know, if you just look at it as far as brick and mortar versus not, what does that mean? I mean, you talk about mental health and health and, and different areas there, but also schooling and work and different industries that actually could probably streamline things a lot better or have things flow a lot better, maybe even give people more flexibility as to how they work. So there's a lot of different layers to this thing that we could see and maybe even more creativity too.
1: Yeah. Well, and and something that I think is a big benefit just from everybody that I've talked to um, and myself included, it feels like I mean, we just take ourselves but all the way back to a week ago that that it's I feel like us as a society or as a nation, we're all running a thousand miles an hour. Like we're all like trying to do all the things we got. We got a job and we got a side hustle and we, you know, you've got kids and family and, you know, relationships and like everything. Like You're just it feels like everybody's just been cranking hard and running really hard running this life. And is this a blessing in disguise where it's kind of like a snap break? take a breath. Like everybody I've talked to has kind of been like oh, oh, okay, like I can let go of some obligations. I'm spending more time with my family. I was on a like a group call um it was yesterday that wouldn't have happened without this whole thing happening and one of the women said, "I didn't realize how much I was neglecting my dog. I'm so busy with my work and everything else." She's like that for the first time in like a year and a half, I'm really spending time with my dog and I was just like I didn't even realize I wasn't giving my dog the attention that he should get because I'm so stuck in my phone and my laptop. Mm-hmm. And of, uh, I think that that's going to be an eye opener for us too moving forward of like slowing things down and kind of putting things more in a perspective where it's like, Oh, well, I do like being home with my kids a little bit more and maybe I should be seeing them more instead of just being in my phone and hustling at work all the time.
0: How much do you think of that is because of, consumerism.
1: Oh, well, I mean, yeah.
0: <laughs> I've talked about it a lot over the past week, just being at home, and I talk about it anyway. I look around from time to time, and I'm not just saying here, we're pretty frugal for the most part, uh, I would like to think. But you look around, and I, I, I'm in you know in the radio business, help people with marketing, advertising, so I'm helping them sell stuff all the time, which is great. I enjoy doing it, but also, if you kind of step back from it, and... This is a two-part thing. One, you have the people just consuming, and they feel like they need to grind in order to make enough money to have all the things. But Mm -hmm. then also, does it not shine the brightest light on the economy and how much the economy relies on us consuming? Consuming, consuming, consuming. Because the minute you tell people to stay home and they can't consume all of the things, look what happens. And then you realize, what do we actually need?
1: And that is like, I
0: mean, to me, it's like, yeah, mind blown. (laughs) Oh my gosh! You just look around and go, well, okay. I was complaining about that. That doesn't match. Does that even matter? No.
1: Yeah.
0: You know. Oh, this doesn't go. Go God.
1: Well, I think that a lot of the consumerism. Well, I mean, there's all the keeping up with the Joneses and all that crap. But I think a lot of it is because we are so busy and generally kind of unhappy, a lot of us, that it's like, oh, well, how do I fill that hole and numb out? Like I'm not getting the the nourishment I need for filling of hanging out with friends and family and having that downtime. So here let me buy all this crap and do some retail therapy. And mm-hmm. I bet if I got like if I got a new if I got a new couch, it would make me feel really good. And then you just keep trying to feed that of like you're missing something else. So you're buying crap to make yourself feel better. And that's just a cycle that doesn't end until you're forced to stay in your house.
0: Yeah. Isn't it something I was talking to a friend of mine and he was talking about is the closets at his house. I almost said his wife's closet, but it's not just his wife's closet. Every single closet at the house, one is full and two, half the stuff in there has tags on it that's never been worn. I mean, if you just stop for a second and think about that, wait, I have closet's full and half of the stuff has never been worn and may never be worn of things we don't even need. I mean, that's just when you really step back from it, wouldn't you go,
1: mm-hmm.
0: well, that's ridiculous. Well, that's dumb. Why would I do that? Well, because again, you're scratching that itch.
1: Yeah. Well, and even to just going through this and how everybody's been ransacking grocery stores, it's that, you know, to think of how lucky we actually are for the for those of us that can stock up on food where, you know, that there's people that you can't fill a whole freezer and a fridge in a time a time of crisis like this because they don't have the money to. And it's like how it's like shining a light on that of, you know, you can get in this comfortable middle class life. And it's like, you kind of forget that how hard a lot, a lot of people are really struggling that we're in a time of crisis and they don't, they can't buy enough food to, you know, survive a a week or two at a time. And it's like, yikes, like, whoa, that's, that's who, who we are. That's, that's a really big portion of this country. And, you know, just to think I'm like, wow, I'm just so fortunate that I, I can, when the only thing left on the shelf is the expensive rice that I can buy the expensive rice, mm-hmm. you know, of like, I'm in, I'm in a really good spot there. um, So it's kind of been highlighting a lot of that too, or at least I hope it has for a lot of people that are out doing the shopping again, not the hoarders, because again, they're taking crap away from yeah. the people that really need it. Like these people that are hoarding diapers and stuff like that, I'm like, <sighs> Other people need diapers too. You know, like, don't be a dick.
0: <laughs> yeah, my wife, I was talking to her about it because someone, one of our listeners actually reached out and she said, hey, I have a box of size ones. Do you guys need them? I bought them for a baby shower that I didn't end up going to.
1: And so I asked my wife. Oh, sorry, dog's freaking
0: out. That's awesome. <laughs> it's pissed about the diaper hoarding too. Um,
1: <laughs> the guy with the meat in the back of the truck's back. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a T-bone. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: Or two. I mean, stockpile. Um, yeah. But anyway, I was asking my wife, like, how many diapers do we have? And she goes, you know, actually, now that I think about it, because um, Preston, our almost four-year-old, he skipped the smallest size, so he never even wore the smallest size. And so she was like, oh, I'm probably not even going to need him the smallest size, because, you know, the last baby was this big, and that's not to say this one won't be small, but she's like, you know, we probably could use more. And I'm like, okay, well, now we're here. And obviously there's ways to get around that. And peop- there's, there's a lot of people that will help out. Not everyone's in that situation, but that's just one small example of something that could happen where you're like, uh, well, what are we doing? Which there's also other ways you can, you could go old school and, you know, cloth pin fingers. some kind of cloth thing, whatever, you yeah. know, resourceful. and. But yeah, it's, there's so many different angles to this thing. My cousin, she's a teacher, and she was talking about the homeless kids they go to school and mm-hmm. she goes, I have no idea what they're doing right now. I wonder where mm-hmm. they are and how they're making it. And I hadn't even, it's not they hadn't thought about it. I just, there's just so many different aspects to it. It wasn't something that was like on the top of my mind, but then that got me thinking as far as like, do we, and I know we do have a lot of homeless high school students, which is crazy, you know, and you just start thinking crazy. about, you know, how we do things in general and how do we have some kind of balance you know as we come out of this thing to step back and go yeah we want to have the things but god what do we really need
1: yeah i mean yeah that it's stuff like that that i hope changes for the better and of you know i think that a lot of this is showing cracks in the system yeah. Like things that have been, been had band-aids slap over it for too many times until you have a major you know crisis on your hands and then it's like, oh, well, maybe we should like, try to fix that for real this time because now things are just you know slipping through your fingers and out of control.
0: Yeah, my biggest fear is that the system's too big. And I've talked Mm. about this just with friends. I haven't really talked about it on the podcast because it can be kind of a touchy subject, but I think it kind of speaks to what you're saying as far as the system, right? And it's so out of balance. This is what really annoys the shit out of me. You turn on the TV right now, any night, and we've turned on the TV every night this week before we go to bed and kind of bounce around between channels. Maybe I watch the, on my rabbit ears, you know, that are right up, right up there. Uh, the free channels, but you see these politicians, they're jumping on there and they say, well, whatever money Trump's going to give us, it's not enough. We don't know how much he's going to give us, but it's not enough. And it's like, you don't even know how much you're going to need yet. And you're already saying you need more money. It's just yeah. so I don't know. It just feels so bass backwards. Like you couldn't fix the problems you had in your state before with the money you were given. You think more money on top of it is going to, and I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. It's just in general, like, like you're saying there's there's, so many parts of the system are just broken.
1: Yeah. And it's just, I mean, there's more than, I mean, I don't really dig into that at all. So I'm sure there's a lot more that I have my head in the sand over that I'm like, I don't, I kind of don't want to know because it's going to just like freak me out and bum me out. But I don't know. It's a crazy time. Like, it's just like, I can't, none of us can wrap our head around, like, what the hell's going to happen on the other side? And like an article I read, and I've been referencing this a lot, is that, you know, because you just never know, like, what one small, like, ripple was, you know, the butterfly effect, like, what kind of random things are going to make a changeover. And one of them was the example, which I didn't realize until I read this, like, a week ago, that... uh that when the OJ trial was on, it just completely like decimated daytime soap operas. And so and it just like stayed that way of like, so people are like, oh, I like watching this real time, you know, crime and what, what's just going on is just completely shifted the game for this, you know, where soap operas made a lot of money and they're really popular and then they weren't as much anymore of like how what is something like this? How does it ripple into like every aspect of our life? Like, what is it really going to do to politics and government and, you know, like, or just anything like what, how is it going to shift it? And it's like, you could just like never even predict.
0: Yeah. I don't know. There's just so much to it and so much that we don't even know. And as this develops, I mean, that's the thing for me is we don't know what's going to happen over the next 24 hours. We don't know what's going to happen over the next 48 hours in the next week and two weeks. And if you follow the patterns from other countries, two weeks from now, it is not going to be good. And I mean, I guess the good news saying that in the same breath that also, you know, in China, they're saying they're starting to recover as far as the people of China you know, as far as our economy, I can't really speak to that, but it looks like things are starting to get better. But then again, there are ways into this thing. So maybe there's some light at the end of the tunnel, but we don't know. We don't know if the hospitals are going to get overrun. We, we think that's probably going to happen. That's what they're telling us. I can imagine that could easily happen. And that's what scares the shit out of me is the fact that we're supposed to be at the hospital three weeks from right now.
1: Yeah, like in total, like ground zero time.
0: Yeah, which like even one of our kids said, you know, in our little outing we just went on, finally got out of the house and just ran across town to drop something in one of those boxes to send something back uh, in one of the FedEx boxes. But one of the kids said, is this the worst time to have a baby? And Uh, yeah, 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 I think it is, you know, but – and it's like, well, why would you do that? And had to explain to him, like, we had no way of knowing that this was going to happen. You know, yeah. who would? But there's absolutely nothing we can do about it. And we're just going to have to try and figure it out as it happens. Have you guys
1: ever like thought about doing like a home birth thing?
0: Well, the problem with with that is baby pool in the living room. Yes, absolutely. The problem is she's high risk. So she hemorrhaged on the first one and had to get sewn back up. And there was, there's a whole attachment issue inside and the shape of, the uterus and there's so many things going on there more than you probably want to hear about, but maybe, maybe that's the health aspect here. We can, you know, talk about, but, um, it, it would not be a good idea, but as we talked about, or at least I told Kimberly was that, what if, what if you don't have a choice that's doomsday, but really what if you don't have a choice, then what? Like it it could, it could happen. And
1: yeah, it could I mean, have been getting okay. like a, a midwife or something to come over.
0: Well, what I do have is a grandma that, uh, even though she's 81 years old, she's more like 61 than 81 and she's delivered numerous babies, uh, not just in the ambulance when she served on the ambulance for 40 years, uh, but also in, in other places. So if push comes to shove, um, I would call her first. She actually told me just the other day that she was going to go to the ambulance station and get the, um, what do they call it? Not maternity bag, like birthing some kit. There's like a kit that they have at the ambulance station. Um, and so she was going to get it and make sure she had it. And so if worst case scenario happens that she, she could come and bring it and, and go down that road. Um, And we also have one of the OBs that lives right down the road from us who were, we know pretty well. So who knows? I mean, it, 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 it could, I hope that doesn't happen. They already told her that only one guest at the hospital. And so if that guest is me, I have to be the guest the entire time. Nobody else can come. Um, Mm -hmm. if I have as much as a sniffle, I can't go. Um, so yeah, it's crazy.
1: Yikes. Oh my God. I'm sorry.
0: What do you do, though? I mean...
1: I mean, yeah, it's like you just got to go through it, and man, yeah, that's scary. Well, well then that's what's scary, scary, scary for
0: her because, like, you have the, okay, what if I... Worst case scenario, what if I can't go in the hospital? Then she's potentially, her life's in danger. And then, you know... Not worst case scenario, she still goes to the hospital, but I can't go. Then there's that whole dynamic of now I'm there by myself, which she could still do it. You know, she's tough. Yeah. she could figure it out. It's definitely not best case scenario, but just have to deal with the cards were dealt, whatever those are.
1: Well, what's scary too, not to throw another bad idea into your head, is that, you know, then you're bringing an 80 year old woman over who is high risk for coronavirus mm-hmm. exactly. and asking her to leave. But I
0: think if she would probably not even think twice about it.
1: Well, yeah. You know what
0: I mean? That That's yeah. where – and I don't want to think for her. I, I'm saying my grandma probably wouldn't think twice about it. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's stuff like that that – you know i think that i mean i I'm, I'm in the camp that i think it is important to self quarantine and stay at home and not be like the spring breakers that are like raging right now because it's like because the whole part of that is is just you know you are going to be clogging up hospitals mm-hmm. for people that like you know that need to have babies and need that like if you are irresponsible about what you're doing in this time then those people can't get help. And I, I just I don't feel like that's sunken in for a lot of people of like, yeah, if you get in a car accident, you might not get a spot in the hospital because there's so many other it's just overloaded. That's the whole point. And I don't think people are thinking that way.
0: Yeah. And it's really hard to watch it in slow motion because we can follow along, as I mentioned earlier, with other countries and how the timeline has worked. And obviously we're trying to slow that down, that curve that they've talked about so many times on T V and on social media. But it's invisible and it's, it's going at its own pace and we can't see the pace until they tell us, you know, as far as how many people have been infected. And usually when they do tell us, it's already happened. Well, it has already yeah. happened, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So yeah. there's people who are infected that we don't know about yet and they're going to tell us. And as there's more tests, because there's not even enough tests out there. So it's already happening. It's already happened and it continues to happen and it's just this train coming to, it's it's like you're standing in the middle of the train track and you can see the light way down there and you can see it coming at you and you're tied to the track and it's like am i going to be able to get untied by the time that train gets here you know and that might not be the best analogy but that's kind of what i feel like right now as far as like our situation knowing yeah. what we have to go through now if we didn't have to go through that i'd feel completely different because we could just go and lock down here like we have been not go anywhere and if we need to stay here for a month then we could stay here for a month but there's that curveball in the middle of there that's supposed to happen three weeks from now and that's what that's hard for me because trying to focus on with with the other things going on right now trying to manage work that's obviously not best case scenario just like everyone who's in business you know uh Mm -hmm. so just trying to manage all that and it's uh it's crazy ass time, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, it is. Did you guys ever find out the gender, or do you stay no. in what that you didn't want to know until? Okay.
0: No, I was thinking about you that. Got yesterday. It, do you got a vibe? Uh, no, I don't. Uh-huh. We'll just see what happens. You know, we had three girls in a row, then a boy. And if we got another boy, that would be awesome. If we got another girl, that's fine too. Awesome. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't hurt so my. I wouldn't hurt it wouldn't hurt my feelings because everyone's like, "Oh, you know, you wanted your boy." Whatever. I'm like. Originally, you know, last time. Yeah. Um, that's That was never the case. That's not why we kept having kids. I'm super glad we had him. He is so funny and so much fun to be around. He's just that kid. And I hope he never changes because he's just awesome. But um, not that the girls aren't, but, you know. Uh, so if we had another boy just to kind of, you know, balance things out, if it's a girl, then she'll probably – be the, you know she's obviously going to be the baby and that's going to be it. But um
1: yeah. Do you, are you guys done with kids after this? Yeah. Like for real this time? Yeah.
0: Yeah, we weren't even going to go for it this time, but I you know it's really for me it's uh this is going to be tough, but I'm going to we're going to talk about this. It would be easier if I wasn't looking at you, but so if I I, I look down it's just cuz I don't want to make eye contact, but I think that um well, I don't think I know. Like for me, and I've talked about this a couple times is that like me I said no so many times I can't even count to even number 3 and then number 4 was a hard no for a long time and then I finally I was there I, for, I caved. for
1: that for the third no. Yeah.
0: And then uh <laughs> you know so I caved and uh I'm so glad I did. Um you know I just talked about him for who knows how long there just a second ago but you know he's just so much fun to be around. And, and for number five, it was a hard no for a long time and very serious conversations about it. And they weren't pleasant at times. And, uh, you know, I had something happen in my life that, uh, you know, kind of opened my eyes a little bit and just kind of reset things a little bit for me. And I really just realized how selfish I was to take that away from someone else. Um, Mm. you know, and so to, finally uh not given given isn't the right way to say it but you know to finally be okay with it i guess and then it happened and you know for some people it never even happens like they can try forever and it doesn't happen and so you never know how that's gonna go and it happened you know fairly quickly not as quick as some of the other kids but it happened and which is a blessing right and then um But now, like, what's happening right now is just mind boggling,
1: you know. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, and it's all like I'm sure we'll get through it, and it's uh, we'll have a hell of a story to tell (laughs) at some point, you know. But it's uh, well,
1: it's like you know to think that you know to think the positives of it if everything happens for a reason of like maybe this is the you know special baby that's gonna change the world.
0: Yeah. You never know. Yeah. I mean, it's pfft, nothing would surprise me. I've seen what I feel like is plenty of, you know, miracles in my lifetime where things that people didn't think would happen, you know, in different ways, you know, small things, big things. And so, yeah, you just never know. And, um, and the nice thing is that usually I try and be the one, like, it's all going to be fine. But my wife really has been the one that's been like, you know, we're going to figure it out and it's all going to, it's all going to be okay somehow. No matter what, you know, work and who knows everyone's work. A lot of people don't know what's going to happen with their jobs. Yeah. Um, financially, um, luckily we've been pretty smart about things, so we could survive for a little while. But we also have a lot of risk too, because we have a couple of rentals, you know, that we've we've tried really hard to get ahead over the years, and we have, we have, we've done pretty well. So, but we also have a lot of um, that we're responsible for. You know, if people stop paying their rent, yeah, then we're Upside down in a hurry, so. But yeah, she's been the one that's really been kind of reassuring and saying we're gonna figure it out. If we need to unload, dump stuff off, you know, get rid of stuff, whatever it takes, we'll figure it out. So,
1: have you been having any sort of discussions of like we're bringing a new person into this crazy new world of like that's got to be something to think about. Of just like we don't know what this new world's gonna look like. You know, has that been a topic at all? Um,
0: not really. I mean, we've really talked. I I feel like it's been the world to me has kind of felt turmoil ish. And maybe that's because Mm. of all the stuff we see in the news, but for a while now. So it's like we brought kids into this world when things were already kind of not, I'm not comparing it to what's happening right now. I'm just saying that yeah, where you kind of felt uneasy about what's going on. So no, not specifically, but at the same time, it's going to be what it's going to be. So yeah, we're just going to have to navigate all that, you know, as it comes, and it is what it is. And uh, hopefully, it's not too ugly, you know, because yeah. that's what that's what's scary. I mean, people are scared because they don't want to see people die, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: it's one thing if we lose our jobs and we don't have money, but you can survive, right? We could figure it out, I think. I would hope. Um, I mean, there's only so many wild animals out there you can shoot and eat and I'm being extreme, but you know, (laughs) could you survive? Do you have enough people around you that would help you survive and all those things? I'd like to think so, but, um, it's really death. I mean, I think that's what we're all afraid of. And, and a lot of people who are really strong in their faith, like, well, when it's our time, it's our time, which I believe that as well. But also like, I don't want to watch someone die in front of me. You know, I don't right, want to lose that, the people around me. I don't want to lose anyone. I don't want to lose people that I don't even get along with. You know, I don't want to, yeah. see. I don't want to see that happen to anyone. And I'd hope that nobody does.
1: Well, that's a conversation I just was having yesterday that for me, uh, you know, one of the things that's scary about it uh, of just talking about dying is like my, so my immediate family is my mom who is super unhealthy. She's in her sixties. She's gone a whole drawer full of meds and she's very unhealthy and overweight. And like if, if she works in a hospital and it's like this, that I mean, she's totally high risk. Like if she gets it, she's gone. Yeah. Um, my grandma is in her eighties. She's a breast cancer survivor. Um, she's had a bunch of health medical issues. And after she beat breast cancer, she started smoking again. So, and she's in her 80s. So, if she gets it, I don't think there's any recovering from that. And my dad is just this huge, raging alcoholic and is super unhealthy. And I can't even imagine the host of problems he's got going on. And if he gets something like this, and he's a a really heavy smoker and drinker, and I'm like, if that happens, I'm like, that is my mom, my dad, and my grandma. Like, those are the people I really have left outside of my brother Mm -hmm. that I'm like, that have the potential to be wiped off this planet. In the next couple months, and I'm like, that's that's like when it's it sets in. That's when it's more than just like, oh, I have to sit at home and life is un- inconvenient. It's like, you know, ever like everybody's going to get be affected in that way, and I, that's why I feel like it doesn't feel so real for people at this moment in time because they're not that having that effect. Yet.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, but I'm like, wow, I could just have like my whole family wiped out pretty damn easily, and I'm like, that's I I don't even really know how I would process that. You well, know? And and that's like a whole like other
0: level of emotions, right? You talked about having, you know, the eating disorder, right? And you have mm-hmm. emotional things that are tied to that, right? We all have mental health and, and how we think and process things. And you want to talk about throwing a curveball at someone or, or throwing a fastball right at their face. It, really, you know, I don't yeah. know how you process that. And and there's going to be people who have to process those types of things.
1: Yeah. If this like goes I saw, like they think it is. Yeah. And that's not even to talk about death, but I just saw it was a yesterday here in Ohio that, um, a two-year-old was just po- tested positive. I'm mm-hmm. like a two-year-old. Like, I didn't think kids were getting this thing.
0: Well, and it's not the kids like, that's aren't scary. getting it. It's that they aren't impacted the same way. So there's oh, okay. a lot of younger people that, probably don't even know they have it, but they can carry it. And that's the scariest thing. There's people out there like, well, I'm not one of the high risks, so I can just go. But, you know, you breathe on someone and then the next thing you know, you're talking to grandma and guess what, you know, and that's the scary part of, of that. But yeah. Yeah.
1: But it's like, that's where, yeah, I hope that we don't get to the Italy level where I just read an article today where they're just like, they're at the point where they're like, they have to choose who's worth yeah. Living and dying. And I'm like, God, I mean, just, those medical professionals, like, they're going to be damaged for the rest of their lives. Like, you have to just choose who gets to die because you can't care for them. Like, oh my God, oh, I want none of that, you know? Yeah. Like, that's hard.
0: Yeah. And it just makes you wonder what kind of precautions can be taken or what kind of stuff can be done so that hopefully something like this never happens again. If you really do a lot of research, you can. You know, they say you can trace it back to China and their whole food system and their open markets and where this came from, which is disgusting. I do not recommend watching the videos considering the things that they eat, any and every uh, animal that you can imagine. You just wonder, like, how is that allowed when we know some of these different diseases or viruses have come from that part of the world, from what they're doing? How does that happen? Yeah. Hopefully we learned. Hopefully yeah. they learned. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what goes on in their country. I don't I don't want that to come across the wrong way, but it's just you know to think that it maybe could have been avoidable is just ugh. But again, then you got to have more rules and regulations and I'm never a fan of more rules and regulations. Yeah, right. But in this case yeah. it seems like it would be a good idea.
1: Well, I feel like even if you know had to look at some silver linings that at least it's not like an ebola that like turns your insides into mush you know and you're just like like i mean i I mean i guess we can be thankful for that that it's not something that is just you know that kind of like insane hardcore disease so it's like i guess it it could be better And then like i was even watching a video today um of like uh, this girl on instagram that somebody said they wanted to hear on my podcast, so I was like watching all her stuff on Instagram because she's like an infectious disease scientist, and she's been posting all this stuff on Instagram explaining everything. And she was saying that we're also it's beneficial and we're lucky that this is a disease that can be killed by disinfectants because there's some that are just like you know there's no breaking into them, like disinfectants do nothing. So it's like well we can at least be grateful that you can use Lysol and Clorox and everything like that and kill it. And we can just be happy that we all have some sort of control over oh, that's that. That's a great because, point. Yeah. So it's like, again, like things to be thankful for of a, at least we, and she said that it's not like an aerosol disease that, you know, is doesn't not just floating in the air everywhere. And we're just like, it's, it's not that because if it was that, you know, that'd be real bad too. So, some things to be grateful for. <laughs>
0: well, and the hard part about that is that they, I don't really know what to believe because some people are saying, oh, yeah, you can get it by breathing on someone, you know, some of the particles that you're breathing out. And I don't know. It's just so hard to believe what is or isn't.
1: Well, and truth. the thing is, probably because a lot of us don't even know, like, even the people researching it are still researching it. Oh, yeah of you know they nobody really fully knows and it's just constantly like mutating and changing as it's sweeping across the world so it's like you can't i mean that's what's scary is it's just like the biggest wildfire Mm -hmm. that nobody can you know tamp down to try to study it and figure it out
0: yeah it just makes my head want to take it back i know
1: Right, and that's why I'm like trying to focus on the like. Oh well, then we're good. Well, at least we get to we can, can have some naps now. Yay, <laughs> <silver> lining. <laughs> Not
0: at my house.
1: Oh that's yeah, my own fault. I don't though. have any kids. So. Right,
0: just a dog just barking occasionally.
1: A dog and three cats. So three. I got a little three. I got a little bit of a barnyard going on here.
0: <laughs> Did you lock them out of wherever you are? The cats? No, so they can't come in, or are they roaming no, around? No.
1: They're roaming around because I've learned that if I close the door, then they'll bang on the door and put their paw underneath the door and like <laughs> gank at it. So I have to just let them free roam. Otherwise they'll all have a fit that they can't, they don't have access to come in here.
0: So they just like typical cats. They just come and go as they please.
1: Yeah. Well, they're like the newest one. Um, you know, cause they're, they're my own little kids The so we got. Um, so that we have, When my cat Marty that I had when I lived in Oregon, she died whenever we moved here, which I found out she had cancer when we moved, when we were, had the, the movers came to my apartment in Ashland the one mover had to take a huge hot dump in my bathroom where my cat was <laughs> locked up. And I was like, the cat's in there and he's like, you need to take him. This has to happen. I'm like, okay. So I had to just hold her. Cause like our door front door was open. She could just run right out. while the other movers were doing stuff. So i was like holding her while this guy was taking a dump and I felt a lump underneath her arm. And I'm like, Oh no, what the hell is this? And so whenever we got to Cincinnati, they're like, yeah, she's got like raging cancer. Wow. Um, so and then they, she had surgery and she was fine, and then she died six months later. And then, um, I got a cat immediately afterwards because I just like I just couldn't handle it. Like a pet death thing. I have, I don't know people. Nobody's good with it, but I was. It was real bad. So, I got Nilla, the cat that was the first one I got. Then the second one was Grizzy, who's the one-eyed cat who's all broken. They think he's been hit by a car, and he was. He's got a hole in his head. Like he's just super damaged. And so him and then we found the dog on the side of the road. And so we got him. And then uh, the dog has so much energy. The two other cats are like, no. And so we're like, I'm like, well, i get another kitten. So they match the energy levels. And so we got this kitten and his name's Twig. And he's freaking insane. I've never seen a more insane cat. And he's a like part Bengal cat which I didn't realize are just the most like the crackheads of cats um, because he's like wild animal and he's just <laughs> freaking just nuts. Like just like a good example of him is, well, he eats everything and the re- we couldn't even adopt him at first. Cause they're like, Oh, he won't eat. And we can't send him home with you even after we adopted him because they're like, Oh, he won't eat. And I'm like, now I can't even believe that because he's just insane. Like, so Before I left the radio station, they did this thing where they did like um, a trail mix bar and they specifically bought like raw cashews for me because I'm a douchebag and wanted like the healthy food, not the M&Ms. And so it was like a four pound bag and that stuff is expensive. And nobody wanted it at the end of the day. I'm like, I'm taking that home. So I had it on the kitchen counter. And then the next day I was like, I thought I brought those cashews home. What the hell did I do with them? I couldn't find them. And two days later, Mike's like, Are you missing some cashews? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, why? This damn cat drug him into the living room underneath the recliner, ripped the bag open, and <laughs> ate like two pounds of cashews. How big of a, a dump like, oh my came god. from those? I know, right? Like, luckily, like he was fine. But I'm like, and he does like that all the time. That's just like his, his like daily is just doing just insane shit. And so I'm like, oh my god. All right. That's again, like for me, like you are with kids, like that's enough. <laughs> I'm some, I'm some solid uh, now. Like I, that's, that's enough animals. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, when there's so many things moving, that's the hard part. Like moving this, that the kid taking this, putting it over here, dumping this, turning this over, leaving it outside. I'm like, I just can't, I can't keep up.
1: How old is your old is now?
0: 11. Oh man. Mm-hmm.
1: 11, oh, nine, God, seven. Those pre- is she on TikTok?
0: She did not even have a phone.
1: Oh, really? No. Okay. I don't know get what any soon. Phones?
0: That would No, they do, but not this one. Oh.
1: Was she unhappy about
0: that? They're kind of sheltered in a way. I mean, okay. in they're that not sense. they though, right? Oh, no, but they don't have, like, I mean, they're tab- they had tablets for, like, two seconds, and they were already, like, click, click, click on YouTube, and I'm like, instead of, like, limiting what they can and can't, we just took them like we're like this is mm-hmm. this too much. And plus it's not good for their brain development anyway to be on gadgets all the time. Later it's okay, yeah. but like all of the research will tell you it's not good especially when their brains developing. So yeah, we just decided not to just tell them to go outside and play instead. So
1: What grade is she in?
0: 5th. She's going to be in middle school next year.
1: Ooh, kind of a big deal.
0: Yeah. So maybe middle school, I don't know. This school year might be canceled, so who knows? Yeah,
1: right. Yeah, do, that's a question I have to do, too. Do you get to just move on to the next grade after all this? I don't know like, what they're going to do. Or...
0: They're talking about online school, but that I don't even know where they're at on that, if they're going to put something in place. And then what if you don't have a computer or access or whatever? So who knows what's going to happen? Excuse me.
1: Yeah. That's, so, yeah, that's crazy.
0: Hmm. But anyway...
1: How long we've been recording for. What do you think? <laughs> An hour? Uh,
0: 73. So Okay. Hour and... it's
1: clear. One by Price is Right rules.
0: Yeah, you were under without actually going over the time. But we mm-hmm. talked for like 45 minutes before, but... I know, right? i <laughs> have
1: to catch up on all the radio crap first. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Just life and all those other things that we didn't get to on the podcast, but... Well, I guess this is probably a good natural spot to maybe wrap it. we can always do it again. It's dinner time here. I don't know what time it is where you are.
1: uh, It's eight o'clock here.
0: Oh, that's right. You are three hours. I I always forget if it's two or three hours. But
1: yeah, Cincinnati's in a weird spot where it's yeah, I I thought it was central time before I moved here. but It's Eastern time. Yeah.
0: So, all right. So tell everyone where they can find you, if they want to like stalk you on Instagram and be like, Oh, she sounds so <laughs> hot. Where can I check her
1: out? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Insta, well, speaking of my Instagram sounds totally like porn. It's you can pound this. And, um, that's cause my podcast is pound this and, which already sounds like porn. And then, I mean, that's kind of the point. Is said it has gotten double meanings and it makes me giggle. Um, and then, you can pound this is because pound this on Instagram was already taken by a chick that is kind of doing pornish sorts of shots. And so <laughs>
0: have you considered getting into porn?
1: <laughs> I have. Well, dude, hold it a side tangent. Not that, but because I've learned off TikTok and from friends that like, you can make mad money selling your underwear and selling your actual have, underwear. Yeah. So you wear an underwear, like for like one pair for the day okay. and sell them this and you get paid so more weird. if you wear them to the gym. Yeah. If you no, went to the gym and I heard, is, dude, no. you got, yo, you got a few more weeks. You got three more weeks left. I heard that there is like the premium, a premium uh, price is la, 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 <laughs> for <can't, no. laughs>
0: on that note, it is time to end this podcast.
1: <laughs> My website is amandavalentinebites.com.
0: Check it out. Doing amazing things. I'm so proud of you. I know I've told you that before, Uh, but I'll make it official here on the podcast because you've done so many things just since we worked together in the past five plus years that it's amazing. It is inspiring. You've inspired many. So keep kicking ass and uh, yeah, we'll have to do this again sometime.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And we're both just stuck at home. So whenever you want to talk.
0: I'll be right here in the bedroom if you need anything. (laughs)
1: Besides for your wife's underwear. (laughs) Gotta go. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Amanda Valentine episode 28 here on the garage talk podcast with Jason Allen please rate the podcast also subscribe if you haven't and you can get the podcast on Apple podcasts Android Google podcasts stitcher tune in Spotify and garagetalkpodcast.com share it with your friends appreciate you listening and we'll be back here soon maybe in the garage maybe in the bedroom it's garage talk with Jason Allen. Thanks for checking it out.